So this evening we're going to consider the Spirit of God in you. The Spirit of God in you, Romans chapter 8, verse 9 through to 16. Let's have a look, Romans chapter 8. I'll read the verses, 9 through to 16. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. This evening we're going to continue with Romans chapter 8. But first of all, I'd like to recap The chapter starts with those wonderful words, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Consideration has already been given to what it means to be in Christ. It speaks of a vital union whereby the Christian has Jesus and not Adam as his federal head. His born again life is bound up in Christ And he is a living branch in Christ, the true vine, continually drawing on divine grace from him. When you think about all of those things, I trust you can see how foolish it is to imagine that someone who is in Christ could ever lose their salvation. Especially when you consider that Jesus laid down his life as an atonement for sin for all who are in him. We also saw that the born-again life of someone who is in Christ Jesus is one of not walking after the flesh, but after the Spirit, as in God the Holy Spirit. Someone who is walking in the Spirit and no longer lives in the flesh but walks after the Spirit, as in God the Holy Spirit, no longer um, is like an unsaved, unregenerate person, but by the grace of God, he seeks to do the will of God, as someone walking in the Spirit. And his prayer is, thy will be done. I'm not saying that that is the case every moment of every day, but it certainly ought to be your desire, your heart's desire to do the will of God, your Father. Consequently, each new day, 
The Christian seeks God's enabling grace to live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. In other words, the person who is in Christ has a completely different mindset to unregenerate, unsaved people, unbelievers. The Christian's desires, values, ambitions are different. They ought to be very different to what they used to be if you're a Christian. So too are the things that you hold dear. As the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We shall now continue with chapter 8, starting at verse 9. Let's have a look again at verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Paul had just previously been talking about the carnally minded, that is, Christless people who walk after the sinful flesh. He said very clearly in verse 7 that they are enmity against God or hostile to God. And in verse 8, he said that they cannot please God. In fact, far from pleasing God, if you are not in the Lord Jesus Christ, having trusted in Jesus as your saviour from sin, the wrath of God abides on you. There's no way you can please God when his wrath is upon you and abides on you. You are, and you are condemned unless you repent and believe the gospel. Now in verse 9, in complete contrast to the carnally minded that have just been considered, Paul considers those who are in the spirit. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Being in the spirit takes us back to verse 1, where we saw that those who are not condemned by the law, that is, those who have been set free from the penalty of the law by the Lord Jesus Christ and are in Christ Jesus, we see that they, and that includes you, dear Christian, are in the spirit as opposed to being in the flesh. And just as Christ dwells by faith in you, I get that from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, Christ dwelling by faith in you, so too does the Holy Spirit dwell in you. You cannot separate the two. If by the grace of God you are in Christ Jesus, so too are you in the Spirit. And both Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit are in you. What that all speaks of is an intimacy of relationship between God and sinners who are saved by his grace. And it also speaks of the divine grace continually reaching into the children of God. As God keeps them, as he sanctifies them and as he, as he enables them to do his will and to glorify him. That's what it means to be in Christ, Christ in you, to be in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you. It speaks of that intimacy, 
that special relationship between God and his redeemed. Note that in verse 9, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of God and also the Spirit of Christ, both in the same verse. For one thing, it shows that the Lord Jesus Christ is God, that he is co-equal with God the Father. It also refers to the fact that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. For example, referring to the Holy Spirit as the Comforter, in John chapter 15 and verse 26, Jesus said to his disciples, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Those last, those four last words are interesting. He, that is the Holy Spirit, shall testify of me, that is Jesus. In other words, the Holy Spirit makes known the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel and he does that by means of the Bible and the testimony of Christians. Also, the Holy Spirit regenerates carnally minded people, sinners, that is people who are spiritually dead. The Holy Spirit does all these things. People are born again by the Holy Spirit. He convicts them of their sin and he applies the finished work of Christ to their hearts. In other words, they come to a saving faith in Jesus through the ministry of God the Holy Spirit and he seals them as an earnest or a deposit of their heavenly inheritance which they shall receive when Jesus comes again in judgment. As such, a sure sign that you have the Spirit of Christ or the Spirit of God is if you are someone who looks heavenwards to where your great God and Saviour Jesus Christ is. If you are someone who is focused on Jesus, you look forward to being with Jesus, and by the grace of God, you love Jesus, knowing that he loved you first, that he laid down his life for you on the cross, that is the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Because let's face it, no natural man, no carnal man, would ever think that way. Because... The natural man is enmity against God, hostile towards God and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is the work of the Holy Spirit that we say, even so, come Lord Jesus. Coming back to Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 by saying, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his, Can you see how Paul was making it very clear that if you are not indwelt by God the Holy Spirit, you are not a Christian. You are still in the flesh and you are still under condemnation. That needs to be very clearly understood by all who who claim for themselves spirituality. All who follow false religions, including atheism, and imagine themselves to be spiritual beings and free spirits, 
How many people do you hear talking about being spiritual? People who don't even believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't make sense. There's no sense in that at all. The reality is that if a person does not have the spirit of Christ, far from being spiritual, he is spiritually dead and under condemnation. Let's have a look at verses 10 and 11. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. If you are in Christ Jesus and he is in you, your physical body is nevertheless as good as dead. Inasmuch as it is continually dying as a consequence of sin. There are no exceptions. And unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes in the meantime, you will die. Your body will die. And there will be that separation of body and soul when your body dies. doesn't matter whether you're in Christ Jesus or not. One thing you can be certain of is that your body will die. However, far from being doom and gloom for the Christian, for him to live is Christ and to die is gain because it means entering into the presence of Jesus and beholding his glory. It would seem that the most that most of the reliable commentators say that spirit in verse 10 refers to our spirit with a small s and not the Holy Spirit with a capital S. Have a look at that there. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. There's the the body on one hand and the spirit on the other hand. Our spirit has been regenerated, but our body is as good as dead. But of course, if you if you if you have been regenerated and made alive, that is of course the work of the Holy Spirit. Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of the person who is in Christ is life. That is, it is possessed with eternal life in the risen Saviour, whose righteousness is imputed to him. Although our bodies are as good as dead, and don't we know it as we get older and our bodies become more creaky and more achy, the good news for you, dear Christian, is that God, who raised up the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, will do the same with you on the last day. And that is because God, the Holy Spirit, who is the earnest or the deposit of your heavenly inheritance, indwells you. You have it on the authority of the scriptures that your soul will be reunited with a glorified body. And much more will be said about that at a later date. 
Suffice to say for now that we have a cast iron guarantee from the Lord Jesus Christ that our bodies will be raised up. For example, in John chapter 6 and verse 39, Jesus said, This is the Father's will which have sent me, that of all which he have given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And then there's John chapter 6 verse 44, where Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which have sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So there you have it. Romans chapter 8, John's Gospel, and elsewhere. Though your body is dying, you have the assurance that you will be raised up with a glorified body. And your body, uh, if you like, a regenerated body, will be reunited with your regenerated soul. Let's have a look at verses 12 and 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. When you take stock of what has been said thus far, that Christians are in Christ Jesus, that he is in them, they walk not after the sinful flesh, but after the Holy Spirit who indwells them and is the earnest of their heavenly inheritance, it stands to reason that if that is a description of you, then you are not under any obligation to live after the sinful flesh, but rather you are to put to death the bad fruit of a sin-corrupted nature as you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to do and to will of his good pleasure. Where Paul says, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die, he is not warning genuine believers that they will once again be under condemnation of the law of sin and death if they return to their old sinful ways as a dog returns to its vomit. If that is how you read it, then you need to step back to verse 1 and let verse 1 sink in, dear Christian. Read it again and again. Let it sink in. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. It couldn't be clearer, is it? So therefore, Christian, you are someone who does not live after the flesh and (coughs) consequently die. Why is that? Because you're in Christ Jesus and you walk after the Spirit, you're in the Spirit. Or at least you ought to be. At least I ought to be. Also, you need to step back even further to chapter 7 where Paul lamented the fact that even he still did the things that he ought not do and he didn't do the things that he should do and he called himself a wretched man. So don't think that this is talking about um, being perfect all the time. 
That will never happen in this lifetime. Paul nevertheless thanked God for Jesus. As a wretched man, he thanked God for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the mark of people who are not walking after the flesh. That's what it means to walk not after the flesh. You have that earnest desire to do that which is pleasing to God. To walk in the spirit and not after the the flesh, fulfilling the lust of the flesh. You really don't want to do those things. And when you do, you think and you say, wretched man that I am. But you look to Jesus and you keep on looking to Jesus. You are, you are someone who abhors your sin and you look to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of your faith. And you don't mark time either, do you? You advance in holiness as you mortify the deeds of the body by the grace of God and with the enabling power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. You don't do any of that stuff in your own strength. Because you don't have any strength of your own. But you have God, the Holy Spirit, working in you. And you have that grace. And I keep coming back to it time and again. I think ever since it was explained to me, it's always been something that I love coming back to. That the, the, the true vine, just imagine it Christian and live it out. That you are a branch, a living branch in the true vine, drawing on the sap of the main stem, drawing on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is that you mortify the deeds of the flesh as you draw on the grace of God and as you look to the Holy Spirit to work in you. At least that ought to be your prayer and my prayer. Let's have a look at verse 14. For as many are as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you are a born-again Christian, not only does the Holy Spirit indwell you, he leads you. And the evidence of being led by him is the spiritual fruit that you bring forth. Fruit such as love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness and temperance. And even as I read that, that fruit of the Spirit there, I know that I'm lacking in, in, the, in all of them. In all of them. None of us have a superabundance of any of that fruit, but there really ought to be some, thereby showing that you really are a branch in the true vine, And you really are a child of God. I say that because there were people who insisted to Jesus. You see this in John chapter 8. People who insisted to Jesus that God was their father. And Jesus plainly told them that God was not their father. That their father was the devil. And they did the lusts of their father the devil. Okay, these were religious Jews. But can we not extend that to people generally? 
perhaps even people in the church, perhaps even spirit, um, professing Christians who say that we have one Father, God, and the reality is that they're still in the flesh. You can see in verse 14 that knowing God as your heavenly Father and being led by the Holy Spirit, they go together. It simply does not make sense to claim that God is your Father if there is no fruit of the Spirit in your life. And the reality is that you are doing the lusts of your father, the devil. And it doesn't have to be anything overly wicked, outwardly. Doing the lust of your father, the devil, what does that actually mean? It just simply means living for self. Doing what you want to do. With no real concern what the word of God is, is saying. Being challenged by the word of God. And having that real desire to do the will of God. To do that which is pleasing to God. Let's have a look at verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Fear of judgment and damnation is the experience of all who are trying to justify themselves through obedience to the law. Inevitably they fail in their endeavours for all have sinned, all come short of the glory of God. We have our conscience accusing us every time we do something which is against God's holy laws. So how foolish it is to to imagine that you can ever be justified through obedience to the law when you are a lawbreaker in Adam and because of the things that you do wrong yourself. Even diehard atheists who seem to spend a lot of time cursing and blaspheming God whom they deny cry out to God when they are, are overwhelmed with their calamities. And the law offers no respite, no comfort, no hope to anyone. However, things are altogether different for the children of God. That is, born-again Christians who are indwelt and led by the Holy Spirit, having been regenerated and brought to saving faith, In the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit. We read in verse 15 that Christians have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry Abba Father. And in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. Paul says that God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. Crying Abba Father. Furthermore in John chapter 1 and verse 12. It is written that as many as received him, that's Jesus, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Putting all that together, as we close, there are those, and we're talking about the majority of the world's population, 
who walk after the flesh. As they suppress the truth of God or else they curse him. And they do so with a fearful expectation of judgment and the everlasting punishment which is to come. This is the majority of the world. They just carry on day by day doing, following the, the, the lusts of the flesh um, instead of the will of a holy God. But also there are those who know and address God as Father. How different that is. By the grace of God, these are people who have trusted in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, as repentant sinners, and he has given them the right and the privilege of becoming sons and daughters of Almighty God. They are indwelt and led by the Spirit of Christ, God the Holy Spirit, who moves them to open their hearts and to cry out to their Father in heaven. For them there is now no condemnation. In fact, for them to live is Christ and to die is gain. By the grace of God, may that be the reality for each one of you. Amen.